0: Welcome back to the Crown and Anchor Greyhounds. This is Richmond Till We Die, a conversation about the Apple TV Plus show, Ted Lasso, where we explore the characters, their relationships to each other, and how they're able to make us laugh until we can hardly breathe one moment and then feel with the deepest parts of our hearts the next. This bonus episode will serve as our season three preview. And I put that in air quotes because y'all know that on this show, we are generally hesitant to make any predictions or pontificate about the future when it comes to Ted Lasso.
1: And that's because trying to predict what's going to happen on this show is about as helpful as sports pundits trying to predict what's going to happen in a big soccer match. (laughs) Sometimes you get stuff right. But often, you just wind up looking and sounding like a fool.
2: So instead, we'll focus our conversation on everything we know so far about Season 3 and share a bit about our journey with the show and these characters. But first, we should probably run it back and introduce ourselves. I'm Marissa, and Canva makes me feel like a graphic artist.
1: I'm Christian, and this is the most excited I've been for a Season 3 debut since March 2022, when Atlanta season three came to us a show that I admittedly have not watched yet, even though I'm really excited still to watch it someday. (laughs) I'm Brett and I hope season three
0: of Ted Lasso is the season of love. I'm here for love for all the characters in all the ways romantic love, platonic love,
2: Pet, love of food, love,
0: food, love, tea, all the different kinds of love. I'm here for it. Let's do it. But first, I love what
1: you're wearing, Christian. You should describe it for the people listening. Making its podcast debut today, Brett, is my officially licensed Ted Lasso faux training shirt. Long sleeves, meant to look like a soccer training shirt, but definitely more in the 100% cottony realm <laughs> than a lot of things you'd see at an actual training pitch fear 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 lasso merch in the house i'm also officially christening this shirt ted lasso throwback gear because it has the mm. verani symbol on the chest instead mm. of the nike symbol that we're going to see in season 3 so outdated just like all the cool kids could probably sell this on ebay for tens of dollars <laughs> tens so many dozens of dollars
2: (laughs) handfuls of dollars
1: (laughs) it's like i haven't
0: purchased a new usa men's or women's kit since they've changed the crest so every time i wear it i'm a little bit self-conscious because it has the crest that looks like it was designed in microsoft paint on it (laughs) and not the new one that's kind of a little bit more sleek and 21st century looking
1: i have been holding out for the nike stuff to drop which i'm a bit pessimistic is actually going to happen because as you infer to there, we just had a men's World Cup. We're about to have a women's World Cup. The world is getting choked to death with supply chain issues. <laughs> so I'm not too sure that Nike is going to want to dedicate a lot of resources to making gear for a fictional soccer company. But if they do, I will be there with my handfuls of money to grab the gear. <laughs> At least a couple dozen of dollars. At least.
0: All right, so like we said at the top, we're not gonna get too deep into the weeds of what could or might happen. So let's start off by just focusing on the things that are confirmed, that have been released by Apple or its affiliates of this show, and that we know are true. Like the third season of Ted Lasso will debut on Apple TV Plus on
1: Wednesday, March 15th. Then we get 12 episodes weekly on Wednesdays, with the last episode scheduled to arrive. on May 31st if they stick with that schedule right that being said we're not flying totally in the dark we've seen some things
0: <laughs> see we've been changed by things like <laughs> some the,
2: things you can't unsee
0: things you can't unsee like the, fir- the very first official bit of marketing for season three was an official first look photo that I'm sure many fans have seen on the internet that depicts Ted and Nate staring at each other actually Nate's staring. Ted's kind of smiling. He looks very his usual Ted self. But in the background looms a dark figure named Rupert.
1: If I had to sum up the predominant feeling that came over me when I saw this picture, it was arousal. Because it looked very, very much like a frame from Return of the Jedi with Rupert in the background kind of as Emperor Palpatine in the throne room of the second incomplete yet fully operational death star Mm -hmm. and darth vader and luke skywalker kind of like uh staring each other down as they were getting ready to have a lightsaber duel so with all the talk about ted lasso season two being like the empire strikes back i loved a little more hot hot star wars action to kick off the season three campaign
2: Do we think Rupert has a dark figure? I would imagine his figure is pretty white.
1: But much like Emperor Palpatine, he cloaks it in darkness. Yeah, like his aura is dark.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, gross.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So that was January 18th. About a month later on Valentine's Day, we got an official teaser trailer from Apple TV. And this teaser trailer is very sweet. It features several of our favorite characters making their own believe signs, which they then hang in the locker room.
1: All of the signs were very much on brand for the various characters, and so that added some nice comedic levity. Keely's was completely overdone. Lovely, glittery.
0: I'm, I'm a little surprised there wasn't like puffy paint on hers, honestly, uh, like
1: yeah, use, yeah. wouldn't have been out of place. Just a little more flair. Yeah. <laughs> Danny's was in Spanish Yes, and Roy's was very small, but he technically completed the assignment and Jamie's was originally misspelled. And then he kind of had to shoehorn all of the letters to fit on the page.
2: It's like watching my children do their homework and it just like breaks your heart a little bit. And you're just like,
1: that's what erasers are for. As someone who sat down with a kindergartner around at the time that that Trailer was released so that he could write names on all of the Valentines for his class. Big, big, big Jamie Tart energy yeah. for my six-year-old.
2: De- definitely. And I appreciate Rebecca where she's like not going to faff around with all that nonsense. She's just gonna print it perfectly.
1: Yeah,
0: she's just like eating her biscuits or drinking her tea or whatever <laughs> as the printer is doing its thing. That's
1: clutch. What a what a boss move from yes, the boss there. Boss
2: ass bitch,
1: that's for sure. <laughs> That wasn't the only trailer we received, however. We then got a longer official trailer on February 27th. And there was a lot in there, Brett. What are some of the things that you guys saw?
0: Big takeaways for me were like the new kits by Nike, like you mentioned earlier, look really good.
1: Yes, they
0: are very fresh. There's lots of things we could get into that we're not going to, such as like, You know, what is this big game they're playing against Manchester City? Why are they losing to Chelsea? You know, what's going to happen with this chippy match at West Ham? There was a lot of soccer in this one, actually. I felt like it was very soccer centric.
2: And I feel like because we got the believe signs on Valentine's Day, it's important to note that it looks like the original believe sign is scotch taped back up nicely above Ted's office so that is encouraging
0: yes there was there was definitely a shot or a frame where we can clearly see that the original belief sign has been literally taped back together and hung back up which is a nice a nice touch I thought many people will be relieved Whew, thank goodness <laughs> did not want to recycle that no it needed to no. It needed to go up And then, of course, like the ending is very sweet, too. Like it's one of the few bits of dialogue that we actually get in the trailer. But it has Sam looking around the team as they're sort of in this huddle. And he says, I love you guys so very much. And then Jamie butts in and is like (laughs) on three and everyone takes over. And it looks like Sam isn't really even expecting it to happen. But then it does. Of course, that could be movie magic. And who knows how they cut things. Right. But it's a very sweet moment in the trailer that. I spied several people on Twitter saying they got a little bit misty watching the end of that trailer for that reason. And I'll admit it it tugged at my heartstrings as well.
2: Speaking of Sam, we get to see a bit of his like future restaurant.
0: Yes, which is called Ola's, which some fans have pointed out is named after his dad. Uh, that's a bit of a deep cut, but the restaurant looks super cute and all the players are there celebrating the opening or the soft opening or whatever. It, it is. looks
2: a lot like Christmas at... Higgins house at
0: first that's what I thought it was like another Christmas shot and then I realized I saw the name in the back and I was like oh that's so cool we're gonna get this
1: time with 50% less colonization
0: yeah we're gonna get to (laughs) we're gonna get to see it which is super exciting of course the the very ending that kind of comes in after the ending shot is Roy saying great job and then Ted commenting on it and Beard pretending to faint which is just a great little I don't
2: think he was pretending Brett (laughs) he actually I think he actually fainted. fainted
0: But basically, those two bits of dialogue is almost all we get from this trailer, which made it feel very different to me than even the season two trailer where I felt like we had like a good chunk of Ted's like I believe in Rom communism like vibe in that trailer. So it felt like we had a bit more to go on thematically last season, whereas this one, I guess there's a lot of soccer. So maybe we're supposed to infer that, you know, West Ham and the soccer you know, rivalry clash is going to be the big centerpiece there. And like all that that means, but yeah, it felt as I've, I've only watched it two or three times now, but as I've watched it, I've thought, yeah, there's not a lot of like thematic tipping of your hand here.
1: I have a couple of working theories as to why we didn't get much dialogue. One is that they really like to be coy and give us a lot of surprises. And I'm sure that they felt like there was going to be a lot of scrutiny of these trailers and so maybe not give people as much to work off of and not have to kind of juke and deke to throw people off the scent my other working theory is for this point in time compared to the other seasons the episodes aren't super done when you look at how compact the schedule has been from when they wrapped we think they wrapped we're not even sure that Everybody has wrapped all of their work until now. It's been a much shorter window than usual. And a lot of people have been working on other projects at the same time. So I I feel not that they're making it up as they go along, but it does feel a little bit like they are going to have to work really hard and diligently and efficiently to keep on their schedule. And so maybe part of why it felt so choppy is because we got some of the best of what was available when they cut it up
2: i also think they can get away with not like having to attract people to the show at this point like season three as we know it or at least we think is the end right for ted lasso so it's it's also like you know season one season two like they want people to like come to the show and watch the show and I feel like they've already established that fan base and it's like we're just going to give you what you need to get through to March 15th and then we'll give you all the good stuff.
1: Yeah it's kind of like when Phil Jackson was coaching he never had to justify himself (laughs) he just had to like tap all his championship rings on the table at once and so the Ted Lasso folks they don't have to like convince us to watch they just throw open that trophy cabinet full of Emmys (laughs) and here we come (laughs) checking to see what's next.
0: Okay. (laughs) Yep. Which is much like the vibe that what happened in the official exclusive sneak peek that was released today on Wednesday, March 8th, where it's a very short, less than a minute clip. And this is new. Like we didn't really get like a sneak peek clip for season one or two. But in this brief clip, it's Higgins, Rebecca and Ted in Rebecca's office. A familiar scene to folks who watch Ted Lasso. Higgins suggests maybe it's time to update the roster, get some new players. Rebecca says, I agree. Ted says, "Um, I think the guys we got are gelling pretty good and we're going to do fine. And Rebecca raises her eyebrows and says, just fine isn't what you told me we were going to do. You said we were going to win the whole freaking thing right over there before you spit half a liter of (laughs) Pellegrino in my face. And he's like, "Okay, yes, ma'am. Like, we'll do it. You know, he like he's like, "Okay, boss, whatever you say. And so that's I feel like that's kind of the Apple and viewers like thing right
1: now. We're just like, "Okay, Apple, whatever you give us, we're going with it. But so before we move on from all of this trailing and sneaking and peeking and teasing, Brett, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that in that official trailer from February 27th, we got some music. Oh, we did. Again, they're
0: so good with music on this show. We've all said it a billion times already. But the first thing you think is, what are they not going to get that they want? Because <laughs> there are at this point so many things that could be referring to like, yeah, Ted did promise to win the whole fucking thing. Are they not? That would be like maybe the most low stakes thing as far as like character development. But like, what does it mean? Does it mean that Rebecca isn't going to find romantic fulfillment? Does it mean that Ted is going to not find a way to sort of reconcile his family? Does it mean that Nate is just focused on Nate that like you thought you got what you wanted, but you didn't and you're going to find out what you need? Like it could be so many things. So it's t- it's tough to go too deep on that. I think without kind of knowing what they're thinking, what's what's going on.
2: But remember at the beginning when you said. Let's not pontificate too
0: much. I know. I Here know.
2: you are just pontificating all over this podcast. It's embarrassing.
0: I'm so sorry. But, Get the towels.
2: <laughs> and here's Christian just talking about arousal and teasing and peeking <laughs> and his lightsabers. <laughs> Clo- cloaking. Anyway, um, I just want to say perhaps, you know, you keep saying how like clever Apple is with their like. Marketing of this show now. Perhaps it's just for us. Maybe that song is l- like quite literally for us watching this trailer. We're not getting what we want, but we're getting what we need. And just isn't that a word for today?
1: It is a word. <laughs> That's such a word. My reaction when I heard the Rolling Stones, you can't always get what you want, was, whoa, there's no Freddie Mercury in this because... Mercury and and Queen, they've been a big through line, especially with these teasers and whatnot. My second reaction was this show has a way of killing your idols. And so anything that they kind of dangle out there, you should very much hold loosely because it might be chucked out the window by the end of the first episode. So that really kind of wraps like the official apple
0: tv releases of information that we know and has been widely broadcast to the masses i would say there are a few other things that we know that are official in some capacity or others like we know for example that shooting for this season began back in march 2022 so a year ago it was a long time yeah and it was scheduled to begin even before that and it was delayed for uh, a number of reasons but like you alluded to earlier, Christian, we know that some actors have publicly rapped because we saw them on social media getting their rap presents, which is a really cool thing that what, Marissa?
2: Nothing. I was just thinking about like how cool it must be to have like a really cool job and then also get a present for doing your job. <laughs> and like, like what? And a paycheck and you get to work with other cool people. And here I am just literally doing my job.
0: No one gave you a rap present? At the end no of the day, no one gives me year? presents.
2: I barely get a paycheck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about the adulation? There's adulation. Mm-mm. I would assume. <laughs> and so, you know, we haven't even, we don't even know for sure that everyone has wrapped. Maybe they have and they just aren't telling folks because, again, they want to keep things close to the chest. That's fine. But from what we know,
2: people had some premature oopsies. You know, <laughs> like if we're talking in innuendos here, like people, people did things and then had to take it back. They did the walk of shame a little
0: bit.
1: Mostly Nick Muhammad. Yes. Oh, uh, you guys are referring to
0: <laughs> hey, boo, hey Nick Muhammad jumped the gun. The actor who plays Nate Shelley uh, posted something and then must have gotten told by some higher ups like, hey, you can't post that. So it was deleted. <laughs> Jeremy Swift, you <laughs> know, extremely like. Anti-heroic move, <laughs> or heroic, however you want to define it, posted something, then deleted it, then proceeded to delete his entire Twitter account,
1: <laughs> which is legendary. Um, it, Someone should tell him that when people tell you to delete your account, it's like a euphemism. You don't actually have to do it. You don't have to take it literally. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> and then it it seemed to many folks, including myself, that the official trailer for season two might've been released a day early. Of course it was captured by the ravenous fan base and like pirated (laughs) and shared across the globe. But then the video was not available for several hours from Apple TV. So it wasn't until later that evening that, the cast began to share it officially. So somebody or something didn't, wasn't firing on all cylinders because it seems that that maybe wasn't supposed to come out till either later in the day or perhaps another day entirely.
1: While there have been some deviations from the company line, one thing that we continue to hear from almost everybody is that the show Ted Lasso will be three seasons. They've said that it started and was planned as a three season arc. And Brendan, Jason, Brett, Hannah, and Bill have all said pretty much like, yeah, we're doing three Now, we do hear some talk about maybe there being a spinoff series at some point. You never know. But it does feel as though when we get to the end of this season, a bow will be put on many of the journeys and stories that we've been following.
0: Yes, it seems like we're in this weird tension. And we have been, really, since the show took off. And even when folks were waiting for season two and kind of realizing, oh, wait, Apple renewed it for a third season. (laughs) But that was also going to be the last season. Right. Like we all kind of like realized that at the same time and we're like, yay. ah!" and that's this has been a lingering question since the end of season one, basically.
1: Has it, though? I think oh, it's, no, been, okay, it's been no. something that people have been trying yes. to manifest. Yes. And wish to happen. But I feel as though the people actually involved with the show have been very consistent with this talking point.
0: Yes. I didn't mean lingering as in they have vacillated and hinted that it could be different. More just that almost every interview someone asks, are you sure you're not going to do a fourth season? And there's always the kind of, well, probably not, but maybe, but probably not because we've planned it this way. We want to stick to our guns. And there really does seem to be a commitment across the creative team, especially of like, we want to tell the story that we set out to tell. Now, that being said... They've also made concessions and in interviews when they have been badgered about this and said, you know, that we didn't think people would love it this much. We didn't think that we would want to keep going. We thought three seasons would be plenty to tell the story we wanted to tell. And maybe that's not the case. But as far as we know, like you mentioned, it seems like for whatever whatever story they're telling, it will kind of be like, OK, this is done. And if there does be. And if there is a continuation or a spinoff, it will feel like a new thing. And perhaps without many of the same central characters, because I just think it would have to be that way to be a new story.
2: Well, and that's like becoming more and more the trend with TV now, too. Like we sort of know going into it about how long these series are going to be. Right. It's happened, you know, in the last 10 years. We don't have these long running shows like, you know, Friends or the, the office or the west wing mm, brilliant um but i mean it's also because like tv is produced and streamed and it's just we're consuming it differently right so um it's changed the way that we like absorb stories we get them so much faster and so i think it's easier to, for like viewers to know like exactly ahead of time like okay This is about how long I need to like mentally prepare for what's about to happen and how I can embrace these characters and then move on with my life slash rewatch it a hundred times.
0: Yeah, it becomes a body of work that you can revisit in a more meaningful way, I think, for a lot of people. And I think just like we've moved from like we, we had the sort of first era of major prestige TV, like sort of at the in the late 90s, early 2000s. And then since the advent of streaming, like you said, Marissa, the way that we just consume that and think about these stories has changed. Like the quality of just even what they can deliver has changed. You know, we're not shooting. Most of those shows are not being shot on sound stages in Hollywood. Like we're on location. And like you said, it is becoming more commonplace. There's been a a number of shows lately that I've enjoyed that have been pitched even to the networks this way, you know, when they did a reboot of, the graphic novel series Watchmen and Damon Lindelof of Lost and many other wonderful shows fame pitched it. He said, I just want to tell one story. It's one season. It's basically a miniseries, even though HBO begged them to do more. He said, "Nope, this is awesome. This is and it was awesome. One of my favorites. But he was like, no, this is what we're doing. Same thing with the show that we all love, The Good Place. Like yeah. it was kind of pitched as like, I don't know if they set a, a number of seasons, but they said, you know, we kind of want to do this, this type of story. And they announced early on, like, season four is the last season. Like, we're going to wrap up the story. And they did. And it makes it so much more satisfying narratively. It's a totally different feel than, like, Cheers or Friends, where you do have really satisfying arcs, but also you're kind of, like, untethered from time a bit, you know, with those things because <laughs> well, it just again, keeps happening.
2: Yeah, and again, back then, you know, sitcom shows and shows that you you could only watch once a week. You know, I remember... We're not that old, but we're old enough that, you know, I remember if you couldn't watch a show as it was happening, like you didn't know what happened unless you went yep. to the grocery store and you were like, mom, like, can we get the TV guide and like find out what happened on that episode? Which sounds makes me sound like super ancient. But, you know, it it's like you needed longer seasons and series so that you could live with those characters longer Now, you know, we we get to watch these over and over and over again. It's almost like, you know, obsessing over being in this world. Right. And I also think like, especially with Ted Lasso and like sort of the whole reason we created this podcast, like out of the weirdness that was the pandemic. You know, it's like the way that we like I said before, the way that we consume art And how art played a part in our lives during that time just makes this show, I think, that much more special. And I feel like we're all still dealing with lots of, you know, lingering effects and ramifications from the pandemic. And so, like, having a nice, complete, like, experience with Ted Lasso will just go a long way to, I think, like what people need and like why why people turned to this show and why people got like so excited about it at the time where like we didn't have lots of positivity or like healing or there was just so much tension and lots and lots of people like fighting about everything in the world. It was like, wow, something that like actually brings people together, like a human being who like desires to like. Create peace and like make people around them better. And so I think, you know, that's part of why we're doing what we're doing and why we enjoy being a part of this little corner of the internet world, too.
0: Marissa, something you said about getting to live with characters of our favorite shows for longer reminded me that from what we know, basically the whole cast is returning yeah. for season three, uh, including. Dr. Sharon and Trent Krim. I know there might be some question marks around Dr. Sharon, especially since she hasn't been seen in any of the official teaser trailers or sneak peeks or anything like that. But there was an interview after season two completed airing, after Dr. Sharon's character departed from the show when she had to take her train and leave Ted. But uh, Bill Lawrence said that Sharon and Trent would both have, quote, significant roles next year. Uh, That was obviously a while ago, and things can change. Actors are always, you know, their schedules change, their work and their availability changes. But as far as we know, one of the creators of the show has said, yeah, she's going to have a significant arc. I think the Trent Krim fans would be happy to see how much he was in the season three trailer. He had quite a bit of screen time, I would say, for a supporting character, and that's exciting. Um, And And so did his hair. So did his fabulous hair. (laughs) And like I mentioned, there hasn't really been any departures that have been announced and we saw pretty much everyone else in the trailer except for Shannon and Ollie, who we don't know if they'll be coming back. So pour one out for them. We didn't see them much in season two, if at all, I remember. Oh yeah. And it doesn't appear that they'll be back
1: for season three. So if they do, it'll be a fun surprise. It does highlight that, it's difficult to keep casts and especially large casts together as their star rises collectively. So Ollie played by Jimmy Akambola, We talked to him about a year ago when the new, um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reboot was getting ready to start up on Peacock. And the second season has uh, now started there a couple episodes into that. And, you know, he's part of that project. And you just think about how much time that takes. He even talked about how it was, he had wanted to come back to be a part of Ted Lasso, but it just couldn't work out because of the other projects. And you consider like how much busier all of these actors Mm -hmm. are, how much more money they are all making now. Yeah. Cristo Fernandez is in a friggin Transformers movie and Brett Goldstein made a whole nother show with Bill Lawrence that people really love and is about to get him
0: some Avengers money too right,
1: right. yeah I mean th- like it is raining projects on all of these folks and so yeah, it's just and like he
2: looks good in that what is that GQ ad yeah mm, he mm. looks fresh Prince of <laughs>
1: <laughs> I w- and not that it can't happen I always thought bringing this back to the beginning that new seasons of Atlanta could never happen because when Atlanta started, nobody knew who Lakeith Stanfield was. And so now how are you going to get that guy back for a TV show? How can you, Who who's going to write the checks to do that? Where is it going to fit into his schedule? And they managed to do it. It took them like, you know, 10 years to figure it out and get it on the schedule and, and get everybody there. So it could happen, but it just really becomes challenging when stuff gets good to keep it going.
0: And in addition to our favorite characters that are returning, Apple has announced and confirmed that we will see at least a couple of new characters in this season that should have notable story arcs, one being a character named Jack, who is a, quote, charming venture capitalist played by Jodie Balfour, who is most known for her work in the Apple TV Plus show For All Mankind, And then we're going to get to see Ted's mom, which I'm not sure if we know her name, actually. But that will be played by Becky Ann Baker, who has been in the HBO series Girls and also is a Broadway actress. And I think will be a really great fit for that. So we have no idea
1: what their arcs hold, but we're really excited to see what happens. You know, the actors, but you don't know how they're going to be portrayed. So, you know, totally does Teddy's mom have it going on? We don't know, but we'll soon find out.
2: Is she like Rebecca's mom? She's just kind of like. Boy, do I hope so. Yeah, I invite that. I would like to see that brunch where it's just like Rebecca, Ted and the moms all like drunk on mimosas and playing darts.
0: (laughs) Well, based on Ted's own quote from season two, where he said meeting people's moms is like an instruction manual to why they're crazy. Like, it'll be nice to have an instruction manual for Ted. Maybe it'll shed some light into his character. And the, the other thing we do know is, this isn't super specific, but just based on the little sneak peek that we got recently and uh, a couple of interviews with some of the creative team, there will be some, quote, new blood on the AFC Richmond squad. So we'll get to see some new players, which will be fun, see how that the locker room changes and adapts with the, this new vibe. and new Are we going to have more than
2: two aces? Are we going to have three or four Let's or five so. aces? Five Got to have aces. a handful to
0: win the uh, Premier League gonna need pirate sleeves to fit all those aces up there hey oh
2: nice one
0: so taking those things that we know and just knowing what we do about the first two seasons and where we're expecting things to go i think there's a handful of what i would call major plot points that we're expecting season three to resolve or at least address if they're not completely resolved i think the first one for me and maybe the most important to me is is nate going to be redeemed
1: is there a redemption arc? Yeah. yeah. Can he come back?
2: I mean, I don't think I, I'm not going to say like in what capacity and at, like what, like how satisfied we will all be with it. But really, I mean, we're all watching Ted Lasso, like the show for a reason. So come on now. Like there has to be something redeeming.
1: Or maybe like, you know, a step toward. Redemption.
2: Yes, exactly. There has to be some needle moving.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know we don't want to read too much into things, but the way that the trailer was cut, it almost seems like there's a moment where Ted and beard and Ted's son, Henry are attending a West Ham United match. They're not, he's not coaching. They're not there competitively. They're just in the stands. Henry is even wearing a West Ham Jersey and Nate sees them in the crowd and they kind of wave to each other and acknowledge one another.
2: At least that's the
0: way it's cut. That's the way it's cut. (laughs) Um, Which again, to me, like, again they're very good at head fakes that is a tried and true method of this team but it makes me hopeful that there will be at least like you said the needle will move or there will be a step toward that reconciliation
1: yeah like speaking of things that could be a head fake or not in that first picture that we got Nate and Ted and Rupert were standing very close to an elevator and we all know what Darth Vader did to Emperor Palpatine when they were close to a shaft.
2: Why do you keep talking about (laughs) shafts? (laughs) And no, Christian, I do have to say for like the tiny part of the world that's not obsessed with Star Wars, not everyone knows what happens to those two villainous characters and their shafts.
1: Darth Vader threw his big bad boss down a reactor shaft into the middle of the Death Star.
2: I'm guessing those words equal bad things.
1: For the Emperor. But some redemption for Darth Vader. That's all mm. I'm saying. <laughs> Can't wait to see Nate throw Rupert down elevator shaft. <laughs> hey, could happen. If we get to the last episode and it says violence next to the TVM, <laughs> just know what's going to happen when they get by the elevator. I appreciate the heads up. Yep.
2: It'll probably be some kid like,
1: how is
0: Rebecca going to deal with sort of her enemy at this point, Rupert, like showing up several times in the season because he was largely absent in season two, right? Like he was around, but he was not antagonizing her quite so much as in season one. It seems like season three, we're going to kind of be back to those old, his old mind games. Right. And so I'm curious to see how that plays out. Like is she, and my main question is not like what's going to happen. Who knows? But is she going to deal with it in a healthy way? Rebecca is stronger I hope than so. yesterday.
2: You know, like we got to give her credit and the fact that she's got a support system this time. Whereas the first time she was largely isolated and on that like pedestal, you know, like, no, she's down. She's on the ground. She's grounded. She's going to like, like take his leg. She's going to slide tackle him.
0: Well, when she when she attacks him or when she comes at him, she's really going to be like defending the people who have propped her up and yeah. loved her. So it's coming from such a different place. It's a
2: mama bear energy.
0: If it, it's I hope it feels less revengey as it did in the first season. And it feels more like, well, protective. now she
2: she doesn't have the same motivations. Right. She's not trying to take Richmond down. She's mm. trying to take Rupert down. Right. So it's a different motivation.
0: Right. While helping Richmond actually be successful and then the other question that a lot of folks are going to have surrounding Rebecca specifically is what is in the cards for her romantically and I think the two main things are is she going to get back with Sam is she going to be with Ted I don't have a lot of commentary on that
2: I I guess I don't really care I just want everyone to be happy
0: one romantic relationship I will live and die over is Keely and
1: Roy you're so in the tank for that I, yeah, really I
2: like that like will literally mess me up to the point that like Brett knows that like when I get into a show like really into a show I will watch it obsessively like binge it right but then I get to like the last episode or two episodes and I won't watch it. Because I like know it's, you know, you like know it's over. And especially if I feel like there's something that's like going to be wrong with Keely and Roy. I might never finish Ted Lasso.
1: Well, then we may never finish this podcast.
2: It's all right. Because I don't actually ever listen to this podcast. So no spoilers. (laughs) what's really important and the love story that I think everyone out there wants to know, will it be resolved is Ted and his love of Kansas city barbecue. Is it going to consume him so much that he can no longer stay in a place that makes bangers and mash and warm beer? Does he need to come home to see, well, his son and also eat some great KC barbecue
0: see I was gonna say maybe he wants to go home to be with his family but yeah you're right it's probably barbecue
2: I mean it's probably both but I'm just saying
0: yeah I think that's the big final question that this show will have to answer if this really is a last season of this story is, is Ted gonna find some way to stick around and keep doing what he's doing in Richmond is he going back to Kansas to be closer with his family does his family somehow move closer to him TBD, but I am, again, as I've said several times, interested and looking forward to seeing how it plays out and trusting the writers to, and really the whole team, to land us in a place that brings this chapter, story, whatever, to a satisfying conclusion.
1: Before we get out of here, can I make a pitch? Yep. Disclaimer, it's a double pitch for the Ted Lasso spinoff. I would like for Nate to get hired to be the next U.S. men's national team coach. While at the same time, in real life, I would like U.S. soccer to hire Jose Mourinho for their current open managerial position. Manifest it. Art. Life. Becoming (laughs) each other. Can you imagine Dude, it'd be so sweet. I, like, no, it'd be a disaster, but I just want to see the
2: disaster. You just want to manifest it into like happening, but you don't actually want it to happen.
1: Chaos hammer.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm all about that. Let's do it.
0: Mercy, you have any final pitches you want to make?
2: No, I'm just like excited to see one of the things we didn't talk about really was like Keely being her own boss ass bitch. <gasps> So, you know, I'm always like team Keeley. So I'm just excited to see where she goes and like what she can accomplish. I have a feeling we're just going to be like amazed by her.
0: (laughs) Dang, Keeley, how'd you do that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's our show. Thanks for joining us for our season three preview in air quotes. You can check out the show notes where we will have links to the teaser, the trailer, all the things we talked about in this episode.
2: And you can keep the conversation going with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle on both is at Ted Lasso Pod.
1: This episode of Richmond Till We Die is brought to you by Gin and Kerosene Productions. It was produced by me, Christian.
2: Me, Marissa.
1: And me, Brett. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment to give Richmond Till We Die a five-star rating or review on whichever app or website you're using to listen to this episode. Okay, I'm Christian signing off for Marissa and Brett. Thanks for listening. Until next time, cheers, y'all. good
2: nah good nah 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 nah